Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. It looks like we're finally thawed somewhat. I mean, I know Flag and some of you higher elevations, the, the Groom Creeks, and you, you all have quite a bit of snow left. But down here at in uh, the, the six under 6,000-foot level, it's pretty well little patches of snow, but it's melted off. And so I actually had the top down on the sports car a couple days ago. It felt good enough. I think it was 58 degrees or something. It's, it's melting fast, so it feels good. This is the kind of event that you need for wildflowers, for new plantings. If you were to plant, uh, let's say, a new evergreen, or you put uh, got your garden beds ready, you put some new wildflowers down, oh, this was the magic event. This insulates. It, it, it irrigates. It brings out the moisture and the nutrients and vitality in your landscapes. It's good for your gardens, your winter gardens at least. And so I, I, I had just gotten some of my soils prepped out in the landscapes. And so new garden beds getting ready to plant. Usually March 1, I'm starting to put new uh, leafy types of vegetables in, herbs in. I'll put some of my new winter flowers, so pansies and violas and kales and snapdragons. Those can all start to be planted in the very early spring, very late winter. That's usually March. And so this is good. If we could have one more last snow, boy, the the whole hillsides will be covered in wildflowers. So your lilacs will be over the top flowers, fragrance. The forsythia, the flowering quince, all those spring plants, they need some of this winter moisture. I was getting my uh, vegetable, a new vegetable bed ready, and I was turning the soils and I had cut through an irrigation line. I don't know why every time I dig a hole, I cut through a line, sliced it right through. It didn't know it. And so the, the, the irrigation cycled on and I had this half inch line just spewing up like a hose, just coming on. I went, oops, I got to fix that. It's a you know dollar thick, 99 cent part. She brings it all together. Uh, but I was in the irrigation box, kind of looking in there, just going, getting the getting things ready, getting the repairing that irrigation. And down in the bottom of the irrigation box was the fattest toad. I don't know how he got in there, but he's a huge, as big as my fist. Toad sitting there, just kind of hibernating. He was so cold, he didn't know I was there. He saw me and kind of went. I see you, but I can't move. But that's one of the magical, the joys of gardening. You get to run into things like that. I left him alone, said, hey, your name is now Todd, Todd the Toad. Uh, we'll name you. I'll see you when the first, you know, late spring, early summer, it seems like they're out and about hopping around. But right now they're hibernating, which is great. So it, I know it's winter, but spring is right around the corner. And you're seeing signs of it. So you're, you'll see shortly your crocus, your daffodils will start to emerge from the ground. And you'll be stressed now going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's going to get cold tonight. There's another snowstorm coming. What am I going to do? Nothing. They're used to that. They like that. It's good for them. So it slows them down. And so as these things start to elongate, start to grow, 
it's okay. The spring plants are okay with that. They're, they've got enough antifreeze in them, and they're just programmed to work with spring and then to throttle back and slow down because it's cold, and then they'll grow again. And so don't worry about them. They'll be okay. Uh, what, you, what you should worry about, and that'll be probably the end of March, first part of April, another month from now, uh, you'll start to see the fruit trees starting to bloom. Uh, that, that's when you really want to protect those fruit trees. If you want fruit, if you don't want fruit, don't worry about them. Let the frost take the blossoms. Let the frost take the fruit. Uh, and some years that happens, but you should be ready. You should have your frost covers ready. And here's a little insider tip too. Don't wait. Don't wait until the day before a storm comes, we're hearing everything is blossoming. We're all, the entire community is, is looking at this going, oh, I need to protect my fruit trees. You run to the garden center to get some frost cover and it's all gone. And, and it's hard to get enough more. This is where that whole COVID-induced supply chain thing has got everything in slow motion. It's crazy. So some things are running out and some things aren't. You see this when you go to your grocery store, drugstore, or garden center. So there are some shortages. And so we've ordered what we think is the right amount. And if we underestimated and we run out, it'll be three months before you get more. Just it's, The warehouses are, aren't stocked the way that they were pre-COVID. And so that's one. If you've got some fruit trees, you might want to grab a package or two of frost cover now. The best thing you can do for all of your spring blooming stuff. I was just helping a customer who's got a driveway lined with fruit trees. Beautiful. They're not in bloom yet, but he wanted to care for them. He saw this as an advantage. He saw this, this moisture will help. And I went, yeah, you're right. Sure will. Get your pruning done, fertilize them, spray them with horticultural oil. That's the best thing you can do. So he's in getting his oils. He's almost done pruning. So, and then fertilizing. That is the most important thing you can do for your fruit trees. Get it on before they blossom. That way you've front-loaded the, the soil, the nutrients around the root mass of that fruit tree. So as it blooms, it can pull in more moisture. And so all that food you put on there last fall, last whenever you, October, September, October is typically when we're fertilizing. That's pretty much gone. And so now you need to replenish that and they'll be hungry as they wake up. We make a fruit tree food specifically for, for fruit trees in the mountains of Arizona for our soil, for our landscapes. It's called, imagine this, fruit and vegetable food. It's a 644 fertilizer. That's the, you folks that know fertilizers, 6% nitrogen, 4% phosphorus, 4% potash, but it's got 8% or 7%. It's got a huge number of calcium. Calcium. We made this, we're, we lack calcium in our soils here in the mountains of Arizona because of all the minerals, the alkalinity, all the ash that we've got. Uh, so you need to replenish that. And calcium is what brings out the flavor. It's what brings out the size. It plumps fruits up, makes tomatoes larger, get your apples and peaches and cherries plumper. And it makes them more, it makes them sweeter. It's really what it does. It's pelletized. It's organic. It's easy to spread. See, so bought for a driveway, a long driveway. You've got like 10 bags. Great. He's doing his whole landscape. But while you're doing that, also hit your flowering, you know, lilacs and forsythias and 
rhododendrons and azaleas, anything that blooms in the spring of the year would appreciate being fertilized right now. I mean, take advantage of this moisture. Take, put it out there and then pray for, more, for another snowstorm. It'll help get it down into that root zone and really make a difference on the health and the beauty and the fragrance, the brightness of your spring-blooming things. It's not going to be long. Spring is right around the corner. I think we're about a month out from spring. When is spring? The 14th or 20th or something like that of March. So we're a few weeks out. But in the mountains of Arizona, because we're so bright, because the days are so warm, our springs typically start a few weeks before the actual physical date of spring. You'll see some color before that date happens. You'll, you'll feel that it's in the air. Uh, the fruit trees haven't quite blossomed yet, hopefully. But apricots, they're kind of the first ones to bloom. They'll, they'll be right behind that. And then it's, what comes next? Plums, peaches, nectarines. Then it's apples and pears. Then it's almonds. So all of those things can, if you can, if you're thinking about fruit trees, edible, edible things in your yard, now is the time to buy those and put them in the ground. I know it just snowed. You don't think it's the right time. Trust me, if you can get them in the ground before they put their first leaf on, before they start to flower, before they set fruit, you'll, they'll come out of it and just go, oh, you'll have less transplant shock. You'll have a better take. You'll have more fruit this next year. Just while you're on fruit trees too, um, you want fruit trees that are at least five to really more like seven years old. You want an older, mature fruit tree because fruits trees don't produce fruit until they're a certain age. Typically about seven years old, they start to produce fruit. And then they just get better and better with age. Larger, more scaffolding, more structure. So plant an older fruit tree, not a whip or a, or a younger fruit tree, if you want fruit tree like in your lifetime. So we've got Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in February are Peony, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Calgary Carpet Juniper. Calgary Carpet Juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle high for the perfect ground cover. An ideal choice for low water, low care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall. Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And can we learn something from that? And so I think, oh, welcome to the studio, Lisa. 
<laughs> yes. Well, do tell us what you think. Well, I think we're all waiting. Baby we breath. should share with the mm-hmm. audience that uh, the 16th chapel display. Sixteen. Six. Is it again? <laughs> I just really talking like this. I guess I, I'm all through it. Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel. Uh, I don't even know what I said, so. Sixteen uh, Chapel. Sixteens, yeah. I think 17 would have been better. <laughs> anyway, down in Phoenix, they've got a display of the Sistine Chapel, and it's, yes. oh, good. It is worth going to. It was very interesting. I truly, truly enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's on my bucket list to actually go to the Sistine Chapel yeah. and actually see it for real. But this was really cool. Because That's in you could Spain, actually... right? <laughs> Sorry. I, just... yeah, I thought it was yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Um, but you see them pretty up close. They've taken different um, pictures, different, I forget what they call them, out of... Prints. Prints. Yes, yeah. So you're kind of up close to them, actually really looking at them up close. And then you have the little piece that tells you all about it and what Michelangelo would probably might have been thinking about when he did that or why he drew people the way he drew them or the models that he drew off yeah. of. Um, so it was very, very interesting. Michelangelo. It took him years to print to do this. And what they did is while they had the scaffolding up, they were re-restoring the paintings. It had a lot of soot and dust and mm-hmm. damage to them. They were restoring these and while they were up there they took photos yeah. and then they put them on these huge prints and they're right there in your face you're just you're yeah. not looking at them from a distance or this is how it would look from the lobby of the no <laughs> you're on the scaffolding taking a look at this front and center mm-hmm. and you're seeing his artistry progress over the years see mm-hmm. him mature as an artist as he repainted all these things yes. so it one bit of advice i can give you Get the audio. Yes, the audio. Piece. It's like three dollars mm-hmm. extra. It's like eleven bucks. Worth it. it it's so, so worth it, it. Yeah. to get that, and then you're not crowded. I mean, there are they do pace it out. You mm-hmm. got so many people, but still, there's people there. Right. So now you're not forced up into this little board to read about this. Try and read. <laughs> Some beautiful gal from Australia is actually talking to uh, you. You know, she's beautiful just oh, because yeah. of her voice. By the, by the voice, <laughs> let me tell you, she had it going on. I don't think she was Australian. It could, I want to offend my English folks as uh. much as I do my Aussies. Probably she's from New Zealand. Who knows? We don't know. I was from Arizona. <laughs> the 17th chapels right after the 16th chapel. <laughs> hey, garden, garden advice. We, we need garden advice. <laughs> we'll oh, we should also mention we went to the botanical garden while we, we were down there. Yeah. And that was beautiful. What a wonderful day it is. To way to spend an afternoon. It was lovely. So Lisa, this beautiful blonde that I've been married to for 33 years, invited me on a date down <laughs> to Phoenix last Sunday. And this is what we did all day. Yeah. Did the botanical gardens. Uh, very worthwhile. Even off. Yeah. It's not in bloom. It's just yeah. cactus. And just it's botanical garden in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, in March. Ooh, it looks like things were budding. They were starting to show that they mm-hmm. might go into bloom. The rain looks like it will be a good bloom year out in the deserts. So, uh, but I would go even not in bloom. Just go. It's worth very, it's a great very day. interesting. Great restaurant. We went to Gertrude's. Gertrude's. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that concludes the travel portion. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, the travel portion of our show. All right, questions. Well, Lori has an indoor ivy plant that she's had for a while. She's noticing some webbing and what looks like dust on the leaves <laughs> and someone told her it was spider mite she wants to know do you think that's correct could it be spider mite and how do you treat it 
Yeah, so definitely spider mites. That's dusty, it looks dry webbing. Those she just described it to a nutshell. And we are seeing uh, different customers coming in, mm-hmm. different gardeners saying, "Hey, they're seeing the same thing." So it's not just in yours; it's in a lot of different house plants right now. This is a a bug that usually spends its time outdoors. And obviously, it's found its way because of the snow. The rain. Something happened that they came indoors and started to get on and eat your mm-hmm. houseplants. This is serious. They will kill your plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do want to get on it. What I would do for that, I might uh, I might even shock and awe them. <laughs> what I would do for my own gardens, or my own indoor houseplants, is I would sprinkle the the base. I would put systemic granules in the soil so the plant will actually absorb some of this it's antibiotic for, for plants, basically. And then I would spritz where you see that damage, the whole plant, with triple action. Mm-hmm. It's a neem oil, very safe, very organic. It's got kind of an odor to it that's organic-y, but once it dries, it's fine. But do that, and I'd probably follow up in about... Seven to ten days? Yeah, ten days or so, something like that. And then you should have all your problems go away. <laughs> Birds okay. start singing now after, uh, in, in the house to you. They just well, I hope not. Not now. <laughs> but yeah, spider mites one of those. It, it can get away from you real quick yeah. if you're not looking for it. So definitely. And they like certain plants. They do. But they have favorite foods like out. anything else. Yeah. If you see that in your greenhouse, you really need Ooh, to up yeah. your game immediately. Do not wait because mm-hmm. they will grow like in three days. The whole greenhouse is filled. So yeah. kind of be on your radar. It's It's out there. Mm-hmm. It can grow and spread on you, so be careful. Right, definitely. All right, our next question is from Bill out in Chino. He says, I heard you mention fruit trees that had multiple varieties on them. How do they hold up in the long run, and is there any negatives associated with the fruit trees that have, like, the grafted varieties yeah. on them? A cocktail tree is what it's mm-hmm. called. So, uh, it, so you'll have four or five different apples uh, grafted into this trunk of this tree you'll have three different cherries you'll have four different pears it's called a cocktail tree we do have them there is no negative to them if they're done well of course if you're coming to waters that's all you're going to get because we're looking for the quality if the graft is not correct it will it could break it's if it's done well it's just as strong as any branch on any tree and that's what you'll find here so I don't think there's a negative there. The price, it, they're a little bit more expensive because the artistry is in. You're taking a branch off of here, grafting this in. It's an extra year or two older to get them grafted to mature. So price maybe, so maybe they're $20 more. Uh, the benefit of this, and it's tremendous, instead of harvesting you know, 50 bushels of gala apples, now you've got three bushels of galas, and when they're done bloom, done harvesting, then usually the Macintosh, and then when they're done, then the Honeycrisp, and then when they're done. So it, you're spreading out the the harvest mm. over several weeks instead of all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a real benefit for smaller yards. It's a great way to go because now you need one tree, and it populates or, or pollinates itself. Right. Whereas normally trees... Fruit, most fruit trees, you need two trees, two different ones within eye shot, so the bees will pollinate back and forth. Well, now it's all on one tree, mm-hmm. so it really takes the pressure off, yeah. uh, and it's just downright fun. When you see red apples and green apples and gold apples and all of the same plant, 
that's like your neighbors are going to go, wow, what is that? Your grandkids are going to come over going, can I have miss some of them? They look good. <laughs> uh, Where did they get that from? The Right. Yeah. One of the trees, because I was talking about trees last week, if you were listening, but there was one tree I didn't have time to mention, and it truly is a fruit cocktail tree. It has a peach, an apricot, a plum, and I want to say nectarine. Could be. I those, think are it's all, nectarine. those are all related. But how story. cool is that? I know. Com- four completely different fruits on one tree. Yeah. I just thought, oh, that's really neat. This Also, cocktail trees like that, you, you don't want to wait. Because we just had, I don't know, there's probably there's hundreds of trees. I don't know how many. There's hundreds. There's so many I don't know. Uh, but there's only you know, 30 cocktail right. trees out yeah. of all those hundreds. Mm-hmm. So when they're gone, it's not like we go, hey, we'll need three more of those. Could you ship them down? <laughs> yeah. No, they're gone. It's don't just, ask me to order them because I they can't. Won't, they, won't, they won't be around. <laughs> right. So there'll be a shortage of fruit trees this mm-hmm. year. But there'll especially be a shortage of fancy or, or, or unique or mm-hmm. rare types of plants. And those are in that rare category. You don't right. see them very often. Grab them early. Don't come mm-hmm. in May going, hey, I heard you talking about this in right. February. Can I get one? I'm going, yeah, back in February. <laughs> now you'll get one next February. There There's no go. more until then. So right. grab them early if you're even remotely thinking about it. Come over early, look, research, and do that. Anyway, enough of that. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners will be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees. At Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever. From Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companions of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Pinion Pines, and Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley is a gorgeous shrub that loves growing in the summer shade. This bold evergreen delights with dramatic, fiery growth in spring. Fragrant wedding cake layers of white flowers hover on graceful, arching stems. Each dainty flower is utterly detestable to deer and javelina. Shop the most perennial shrubs in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Well, the entire crew, not the entire crew, most of... The Waters Garden Center crew has gone down and gotten their first dose of the the COVID vaccine. Amazingly efficient. I just can't believe how many people were going through. I mean, there were probably 50 people where the old Sears building used to be uh, up at the mall, Prescott Mall. I think they're also doing it out at Finley Toyota Center out in Prescott Valley. I'm sure there's more. Anyway, someone got us the link. We set the appointment up and made it. And the whole crew's going through. No real 
effects. A little bit of a sore, sore arm for a couple days. Uh, I've got my second dose coming up. When is that? February 25th, something like that. But I was just mesmerized. They had thought through the check-in, thought through the calendar, get, getting online, thought through the process of checking you in, getting you through. Here's the information. Here's with with you know, 20, 20 people giving doses to folks and 20 peop- behinds in the seats getting getting shots. And they have this big open area where you go, okay, wait there 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whenever you're comfortable. And if you feel good enough, just leave. Otherwise, there's a nurse floating around. If you happen to collapse and have a reaction, which no one did, and you just get up and you just go. It's kind of self-paced, but lots of professionals there. Well done. YRMC. Their mall up at the old Sears building. Um, I'm hard to impress, but you got it going on. Well done. I'm sure I've heard uh, CVS and, and Walgreens are starting to come out with theirs. I think next week you can go get that too, but can't say enough about uh, YRMC and what they did here in, in the Prescott area. I'm sure Flag, Kingman, Payson, you all have your own thing going on, but uh, I got it. No reaction. Uh, a sore arm, and that's it. I've heard the second dose can have some, depending on the people, can have more of a reaction. I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know. So I'm, I'm just glad that I'm starting to see more customers and more staff members uh, getting it. So uh, the other trick I heard, and that did work, I heard from a doctor friend of mine. Uh, she said, uh, make sure you, you schedule your appointment very early morning. So they open up certain dates, certain certain slots. So you've got to have an appointment. You can't just show up. And they'll tell you, you know, show up about five minutes before your appointment. Come in. We'll have your name. There you go. Goes right through. And you're, you're in and out in 20 minutes. It's amazing. Uh, they said book it really early, like 3, 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. The earlier the better. And you'll have see time slots. If you wait till you know, lunchtime, you'll go, where are all the appointments? And it seemed to work. So we've had several crew members, several Gardeners here that work for us at Waters, uh, it seemed to work every time. It's kind of fun when you run into a colleague. You're both getting your vaccine at the same time. That's That was going, oh, Michelle, what are you doing here? Great. Oh, okay. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> gardening. We're talking gardening. And so in my personal gardens, I was mowing down the uh, perennials. So I took a lawnmower across some of the perennials. It has, it has to get open space a weed whacker, hedger, it doesn't matter. But I was taking back my yarrow. That's a native perennial flower. It's got a pretty yellow flower. Maybe can have come in reds, paprikas. But yellow and white are kind of the two native varieties. I've had some areas, just had some struggle with snails. And so I, I mowed that thing down going, I'm going to open this thing up so the snow, so the weather can get at these bugs. And lo and behold, if I didn't have a dozen snails hanging out in the bottom of this, at the base of this perennial flower, it had foliage on it. It was up and going. So, but they had snuck in underneath and they were using this perennial flower as cover, as coverage for protection. So I went out and I stepped on as many as I could. Of course, they're, they're below the lawnmower blade. So I wish I was down that lawnmower blade. But anyway, stepped on as many as I could. Then I baited that area with a snail and slug bait. Here's a quick lesson on snail and slug bait. You folks that have um, periwinkle or vinca, uh, ibis, there's certain areas where they, the snails and slugs tend to gather 
and, and just reproduce. Uh, one snail can produce a thousand eggs, can lay a thousand eggs. So you can go from onesie twosies to they're everywhere, like in just one season, just very quickly. Stay away from the toxic snail and slug baits. There's some that are very dangerous, very poisonous. But there's a whole series of, of organic iron sulfates. So that's the ones we sell here at the garden center, especially if you have dogs or you're, you're, you've, you're worried about the birds. It's just safer for you to spread. Uh, it just makes sense. Uh, but use organic types of baits. And then be careful with all baits. Uh, one or two pellets picked up on a dog's paw or cat's paw, and they lick themselves, not a big deal. That's iron. You need some of that. But if you get too much, they get into the actual container now you can have, it can be dangerous. So kind of keep those poisons up on the shelf where the pets can't get to it, where kids can't, some common sense. But then as you spread it out, it's, it's, it's much safer than a chemical-based killer. Anyway, just some thoughts on that. Be right back. We have Lisa Waters on coming in with her garden opinions, her garden thoughts after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and this is just her garden segment. What can we learn from the softer or fragrant Beautiful. Yeah. There's some days they're more fragrant than others. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I, I get home so. from work and I'm like, what's that smell? I loaded a lot of manure today. <laughs> oh, wait, that smell is me. <laughs> I never noticed that, dear. Oh, sure. Because you I smell like it, too. I know, yeah. When you're working together in a family garden center, you both smell the same. <laughs> we do try to clean up if we go out. Yeah. We work on that, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, this segment's about you. What's what's going on in the gardens? Have you, other than snow is melted, finally. Ooh. Very excited about my wildflowers. I put yes. some uh, some seed out in the snow on top of the snow, uh-huh. and now they're all on the ground. Um, it didn't. It wasn't quite as even as I thought as the snow melted. Uh-huh. They're kind of clumped, so I'm going to take a rake and just go back kinda and go forth through on it. them and yeah. spread them out. Make sure I've got even coverage. Most of the snow is gone. Now yeah. our back faces north, so there's. I was out there with the dogs the other day. There's 
still some snow out yeah. there. Plus, yeah. all the deck got thrown out over there, <laughs> so everything's piled up extra high on the back right. patio because there's mm-hmm. a two story and a half above the patio is a deck, beautiful big deck, mm-hmm. and the weight. It's just I was worried about. Ripping the back of the house. Uh, yeah, I didn't want all that weight. It's you know two foot of snow on the back north side of the north. It's pretty deck. crazy. Yeah. So now it's starting to go. I think mm-hmm. in the next couple of days it'll be gone. Yeah. So all that moisture is wonderful. You know what we're going to see next? Uh, bugs, uh, sp- flowers, weeds. Crocus. Oh, weeds. Yeah. That's but that's right. another topic. Yeah. But you know those early early spring season weeds are going to go. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and the wildflowers. Oh, of course, will be the magic for yes. wildflowers. No, yes, I mean, just definitely. natural. I mean, I planted wildflowers, but if you got just mm-hmm. hills, will be covered. Oh yeah. In, in wildflowers. Yeah. So it'll be pretty. It'll be beautiful. And lupins. And, uh-huh. All the other stuff. So that actually, a very nice segue, dear, talking I'm about wildflowers. <laughs> so, um, in I'm fact, not just this... eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I was uh, getting ready this morning. I was looking at our back window, which faces the back of the property. And out there we have, we have this poor little Swiss chard in a pot. Yeah, yeah. And he, he got nailed by the snow. Um, he's looking pretty rough. But I'm looking down there at it, and I'm going, what is on that Swiss chard? What is that? And there were about six birds on that Swiss chard just going to town. Uh, And it made me, and I just enjoyed that. I mean, it made my heart sing to see the birds out there eating. And then as I was leaving, um, so I put a saucer out of water for them. And there was this prettiest, and I don't know my birds. I know plants. I don't know my birds. Prettiest little blue, bright blue bird sitting there. A blue bird. Well, it didn't look like what I'm used to. Okay. okay. <laughs> blue chickpea bird. I, I don't know. Chickpea. Go to Chase Bird Barn. Chickpea. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you. Okay. Yeah, he could tell us. <laughs> Uh, but it was in there on in the fountain, or not in the fountain, in the saucer, just kind of having fun. And I thought, oh, that was really cool. So it made me think how much I enjoy, even though I don't know the names of the birds, I truly enjoy watching the birds come yeah. in. Uh, so it made me think about, you know, <laughs> we need to plant more for to have that environment to bring those birds in. Yep. That would they're, be- they're frolicking back there. They've got mm-hmm. ponds. They've got water. Here's here's this, here's my wife. Okay, here here's Lisa. So she cares so much about living things. We have a full on b- pond <laughs> waterfall. She's putting extra saucers out just to <laughs> so that even the smallest of birds can be be cared for, nurtured well, in the backyard. Yeah. That's what I love about you. Because I mean, what do birds want? Bird, um, they want water. Yeah. And so yeah, we have this beautiful little pond back there. But if you're a little tiny bird, a little goldfinch, that pond's kind of scary. So I took one of our beautiful ceramic saucers, and which is inch and a half yeah. deep, perfect for birds. Yeah. And I put it on the front patio where I can sit out and watch it and enjoy it, and they can enjoy it. And it's near some bushes, which is great because... Your schnauzer won't get them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or cats or kestrels. So yeah, so the, the shrubbery that's close by gives them cover, yeah. which is the other thing that birds want. They need that yeah. cover because we do have kestrels that live in our neighborhood and heaven knows what else is in there. So yeah. <laughs> they need little places to hide so they feel comfortable and safe. So... Those are very, very important. And then the last thing they need is food. So, and that's why they were eating our Swiss chard, because which is fine because I'm not going to eat it this time of year. <laughs> it doesn't look very it's, good. I left it out there just for them. Yeah. So I was going to dig it up, 
just so I could replant next spring or this, mm-hmm. you know, in March. I said, you know, I think I'll leave that up there for him. And he did yeah. take in the shorts, you know, took in the chin. Kind of okay. looks pretty rough, but the yeah. birds love it. They do. They do. And they also just love, so we don't do bird feeders. We don't do right. hummingbird feeders. And not that they're bad. It's just we don't have time to go out there and feed a hummingbird feeder every day or throw the seed on the ground. But there's so much you can just put into your yard without having to have those in there. So planting things like the spinach and the Swiss chard and things like that, that they can snack on early in the spring. Those are very, very important for them. Easy to put in. Uh, putting in, in shrubs and trees that have berries, gatoniaster, pyracantha, um, I'm sure there's like a hundred more. You How about could blackberries and blackberries raspberries and raspberries. grapes? There's oh, the ultimate yes. berries. Uh, so things like that, that give them a food sustenance, something to eat while they're out there in the yard. In the fall, if you're putting in, so they love grasses. Those are great. Yeah. Um, you're wild. You're talking about wildflowers. You know, so much of those wildflowers, when you just let them go, let the seed heads go, um, the birds love to eat those. So you're, they, and they don't get all of them, so they're getting some food, but then that, also that seed has dropping, and you're getting more wildflowers the next year. You know, you mentioned that uh, Swiss chard. Mm-hmm. Another one that I noticed in the greenhouse, we've got some sedums that are coming up, autumn oh, yeah. joy sedum. Uh-huh. We've got several of those in the backyard, and mm-hmm. they, they emerge really, really early in right. spring or late winter. And so they start to come up, and it's before all the other stuff they generally like, would prefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll start, they'll just what you were saying all over like six or seven or 10 of these little tiny birds will be all over the autumn joy sedums pecking at the foliage for food and and nutrients. And then they all take off at once and they, it looks pretty beat up at first, Mm -hmm. but then after all their other stuff erupts with new growth in spring, the pressure comes off Mm -hmm. the autumn joys and they start to grow up and autumn joys look their best. In the autumn. That's right. why the name, Autumn Joy Seed. You don't even see that early. And they're damage. tough as nails. But mm-hmm. we plant some of those around the pond area just for the birds. Sure. So, yeah, you could plant a little things for the bird. Now, when we went to the botanical garden, there were the fattest quail running around. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it was obese. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they, they had eaten well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it was just so fun to watch them running around through and the different sounds that they make. But, you know, if you are putting out that early garden of kale and, you know, and uh, spinach, that type of thing, if you have a lot of quail, a lot of birds, you probably are going to have to fence that yeah. off a little bit for yeah. protection. Otherwise, yes, they're going to leave you a little note that says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> quail can be a, can be a problem. When you're seeding, let's say, carrots or, or, or spinach or Swiss mm-hmm. chard or any of those early spring things, they love to eat seedlings. Yeah. That's their number one food source. Not so much quail block. They, they like that too, but they mm-hmm. prefer seedlings coming up. Right. Once that kale is up large enough, once the spinach is up large, once the lettuce is up large enough, the pressure is pretty much off. But at right. first, you might want to put down, let's say, a block or something in the middle so the, so the the bird netting kind of floats, floats above your seed bed mm-hmm. and until they get established. That's kind of a little trick you can use. Right, definitely. But it's just, I think, uh, you know, if we're going to be environmentally friendly, environmentally conscious, to provide ways to bring nature into your yard, bringing in the wild birds, um, just to enjoy them. I just think it's so important. We, If you have an entire yard of rock, yeah. I will guarantee you, you will not have birds yeah. in your yard. 
You might but, see one flying past your yard <laughs> while they come to our yard, which is more natural. Right. I mean, there's um, nothing to draw them in. If all yeah. you have is rock, they need water, they need cover, they need food, and you need to provide that for them. So true. Great advice on how to bring more birds into your backyard, presented by my lovely assistant, Assistant. Lisa. I'm an assistant. My gal- gorgeous partner? wife. Partner? My partner. <laughs> That's not good enough, close enough. It's too, too business well, better than assistant. My gal, my hottie. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, Lisa Waters Lane. We'll be back in just a moment after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees. At Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, and Pinion Pines. Pinion Pine have thick, evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine, our deer, and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. The snow really coated, I mean, two foot I think I had 23 inches uh, in in the lane landscapes at home. So so we're up on a ridge line overlooking the Dells, uh, up over Prescott Lakes area, that area, Eagle Ridge, up above the high school. If you you folks in the area know where that is, so probably 56, 5700 foot level. We got some snow, serious snow. It started early and it finished late. I mean, you had to scrape the driveway several times to get it all out of the way. Some of the evergreens, let's say. Rosemary comes to mind, um, Nandinas, Pyracantha. They were so coated, you couldn't see the plant. I mean, they were just heavy, burdened down with this weight. We'd gone out and taken some of that weight off, but it was snowing so fast, the flakes were so big that it uh, it really put some weight on them. But the sun came out, snow melted. They perked right back up. I mean, I had this rosemary. I thought I was going to have to cut it back and... And, and help it, kind of prune it, fertilize it so it could grow its way out of the damage. The snow was off. It just went, vonk, perked right back up, and it's just as happy. You cannot tell the snow was on there. There's many evergreen types of shrubs that react like that, that look good. Uh, no, even, if, even in the snow, they just rebound, and they're so happy, so cheerful in the mountains that uh, they're worthy of being planted out in the yard. I thought I would share some of those, some of my favorites, some of the things I use quite a bit. And I guess one, start with rosemary. Um, it's starting, it'll start to bloom 
Uh, it kind of depends. Sometime in March. It's one of the first plants to bloom, rosemary. This is edible culinary rosemary. comes in ground cover and an, and an upright shrub form. Both grow well. Out of the two, if you're up in the higher elevations, let's say the, the, the Williams, uh, Pine Top Lakeside, the higher ridge lines of Prescott and Payson, you probably stay away from the ground cover variety. But for all the rest of us, the Prescott Valleys, Humboldt, Dewey, Mayer, Sedona, Cottonwood, Camp, we can grow the ground cover variety, and they just keeps coming back year after year. Uh, kind of Huntington Carpet and ARP are the two best, hardiest varieties of ground cover. Now, they're, they're more robust. They have more antifreeze. They go down colder. The upright varieties seem to be more robust. They tend to protect themselves more. They just have more structure to it. And so they seem to go through the extreme colds better. So that's just kind of depending on what elevation you're tuned in from, that can make a difference. If in doubt, come talk to us. We'll, we'll make sure you get the right one. There are a lot of varieties of rosemary. So you do want to stay away from the desert variety. There's some that grow down there uh, better. And then you bring them up here, you try to plant them, they, they frost out. They, they burn out in the winter. So get the right variety. There's some that are hardier in the colder climates than than others. So let's do a little bit of homework or talk to neighbors and say, hey, what, what variety is that? And they'll probably tell you. I do notice, too, that my Nandinas, they're sort of the same way. There's a lot of, or heavenly bamboo. is the Californians call it heavenly bamboo. The rest of the country calls it Nandina. We've got it by both names here, and they're both the same plant. Uh, they've, there's different varieties. They're different, different how, how tall they grow, how fast they grow. So domestica, or standard heavenly bamboo is the one that your grandparents grew. It's been around for decades. But there's new varieties that, that are easier to grow, less maintenance. Uh, domestica grows above my height, you know, six, seven, eight foot tall. It's almost too tall for many places in the landscape. There's new varieties out that stay short, hip high. Gulf streams and Sienna sunrise and, and uh, harbor dwarfs. There's all this series of, of pint size. Now you plant it once, you'll never have to plant it. Yet it has this beautiful, soft, kind of bamboo type of foliage. And in my gardens, they're bright red right now. So if they're in more, more shaded areas, they'll stay green. More sunny areas, they'll bring out this rich red color to it. All varieties get this white flower that have a red berry to it, some more than others. But really what you're planting that for is the, is the winter evergreen. It just is soft. It's green. It looks good in containers. looks great in the ground. It doesn't matter. Take sun, take shade. Every yard needs at least one Nandina. They're great. And you can plant them now just, just fine. And they'll adapt just really well. They adapt really well in the mountains of Arizona. One that's unusual you may not know about this will excite you folks from that mid-central California, northern California. You all are famous for your camellias. A big, fragrant, just big flower, evergreen tree variety, lots of colors. Well, they don't do that well here, here in the higher elevations, but there's two types that do. They call them the Ice Princess series, thus the name. They're cold, hardy. I think they go down to... Zero or minus 10 degrees, some crazy cold. You wouldn't think a camellia could do that, but it's an evergreen shrub. I've grown them in hedge forms uh, up to about hip high. Maybe they'll go to chest high or so, uh, but they do have a classic camellia flower. Not, not quite as 
luxurious as the tropical ones, the bigger flowers, but oh, they're, they're as big as your hand. They're, they're pretty. And they make up for the size of the flower, a smaller flower, by sheer quantity. They've got lots of them. And they're starting to go into bloom here at the garden center right now. You'll see them in bloom. They come in white, red, and kind of like an apple blossom, kind of this blushed color to it. But there's three, all of them have the same foliage. They grow the same size. They're going to appreciate some shade. So out there in full sun in June, no, probably not going to do as well. The tag says grows in full sun, not full Arizona sun. They seem to suffer a little bit. So more of that midday shade. Oh, they're just beautiful. And they bloom early. They bloom often right through spring. They're amazing. Camellias do really well. One that I think doesn't get enough credit, especially in northern Arizona, is pyracantha. Your, your grandparents called them fire thorns. They do have a thorn to them. You want to wear your leather gloves while you're handling them. But as kids used to pick those red or orange berries off and throw them at each other, it's that plant. That plant does amazingly well here. It adapts and thinks it's a, it's a native. Uh, the Victoria, it's a big pyracanth. It gets up. I've seen hedges of that. I mean, you couldn't you could jump over it and look over it. It's that tall. There's some also some shorter varieties. Some new, again, we're trying to introduce some newer varieties that are less maintenance. Dwarfed butterfly bush, dwarfed pyracantha, dwarfed lilac. Some, some shorter varieties just because maintenance. People, I want to plant it once and never have to prune it. Just fertilize every once in a while and that's it. We've got those new varieties coming in. But pyracantha, it seems like anything with a thorn is going to grow really well in, in Arizona, including your shrubs that have some thorns. Uh, but but look at that one. Birds love it. Uh, they'll, they'll roost in it. They'll use the berries as a food source. Just a good plant for here. Of course, all the junipers. One of our uh, plants of the month is Calgary Carpet Juniper. This is a juniper that gets up only, oh, maybe ankle high, a little above ankle high, but spreads. Carpet, like a carpet. It's magic behind retaining walls as they spill up and over in between boulders. It just kind of gives you this nice green drift going through or softening that huge rock lawn. It just looks too, too dusty. Put a few around the edges. It just grows out, adapts. The beauty of junipers, first of all, the short ones don't have allergy issues. We've bred all that out. They don't have pollen, but they're just robust. The animals, they know deer, javelina, rabbits don't eat juniper. Uh, they, I don't like that smell and taste. And they just naturally leave them alone. Yet you put them in and they're methodical on how they grow. They're just so consistent and so easy. Bugs really don't get on them. They're just low care. There's a lot of varieties of, of junipers. So blue rug, blue carpet. Calgary carpet's one we featured because it goes with the pinion pines, the uh, lily of the valley. It's another perennial shrub that blooms fragrant uh, looks good in the winter and the other one is peony so these three things go together that's our february com- plants of the month that go together companion plants so we feature them here at the garden center all those things are starting to come in uh, this week the first lilacs will come in our first uh, load of fruit trees they're here they're on display they're ready to plant and so spring is here we're starting to ship more and more Every week, it's a whole, it's hundreds more trees, hundreds, whole nother load of aspens came in. All the maples are here. This is the time you want to put purple leaf plums in. They're here. You can plant those. They're ready for spring planting. Spring is starting slowly here at Waters Gardens, at least. Be right back. 
you're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. If you're one of those gardeners that's, that learns better with hands-on, touch and feel and smell and hang out with other smart gardeners, every Saturday we have a free garden class uh, up in the upper greenhouse. It's safe. It's it's open. You can wear a mask or not, just as long as you're social distance. It's fine. Bring a neighbor, bring a friend. It doesn't matter. It's kind of ad, ad hoc, but the greenhouse is huge. There's plenty of space, and we're starting to feature this Saturday. It is how to prepare your garden soils for spring planting. So you, you prep them now, let them sit, percolate for a little bit, even out balance, and then you start to plant March 1, in two, three, four weeks, you can start planting. So the first uh, crop of vegetables and flowers are coming, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of this week. So it's, it's, it's starting. So pansies are in full bloom here at the garden center. You could put those in the ground now. Let it snow. They don't care. They love the snow and the weather and the rain and the cold. There's some plants that just love everything about spring. I'd hold off on things like basil. They don't like spring. They like summer. They'll hold off on geraniums. They don't like spring. They like summer. Hold off on zinnias, on tomatoes, on peppers. They're gonna. Those are planted more the end of April, May. But there's some things that you plant beginning of March and April. So you just got to time it right. So work with the environment, not against it. And that's what we cover in these garden classes. Uh, they're free. Come. Come early. So some, some classes, they start at 930. Uh, we had about, what was it, 20 people at last week's class. At, and it was an ice storm. And we're talking there's an inch of ice over the entire garden center. I was nervous as a wreck. We, we'd put like hundreds of pounds of salt everywhere uh, to kind of free up the parking lots. So people weren't slipping. But there, people came. It was amazing. We had twice that many online watching the live streams. We've got, uh, if you tune in at 930 to our Facebook page, you can watch it there. Or if you tune into our Waters Garden Center uh, YouTube channel, we had over 2 million downloads or views on our YouTube channel. And part of that is a live stream of our garden class. So tune in however you're comfortable. Look at it on your phone, your desktop. We're, we're trying to make it easy. It's a little clunky, 
So last week I ran out of some bandwidth, so we're upgrading all the equipment. This is just part of that whole COVID thing. Got to learn how to be online, sell online, show online, educate online. We're, we're pretty good at it. So we've had millions of views on our – and it's not – it's not national. It's just us. People, right? We don't promote it. I don't care about New York or, or England or any other place. I just care about us. It's for us. But they're tuned in. They're, they're, they're looking at it. Uh, we just had our 10,000th download of our podcast. So this show, I repackage and repurpose and bring it together, and it's uploaded to our to The Mountain Gardener. You type in The Mountain Gardener Podcast. You can take a look at that or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you tune into your podcast, it's there for you. And so we're trying to get better and more useful. I really want to live stream, I mean, videotape and broadcast this show uh, on, on the net as well. So I'll, I'll figure that out this spring sometime, but it's all coming together. Throughout the week, I mean, Lisa and I, we camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Lots of houseplants. We answer questions. If you see something funny, Bring it in. Let's put it under the microscope so we can see this thing. Things are going to grow fast right now. So do that. And then the last bit I can tell you is fertilize everything in the landscape. Finish pruning all your landscape stuff now. Get, get those evergreens hedged back. Get your fruit trees done. And then fertilize right afterward. As you're bopping around, you could do me a favor. I'm looking for friends to like some of our posts, subscribe to some of our Facebook and YouTube channels, follow us on Twitter. It seems like that seems to really help out small businesses, family-owned businesses. If you can just subscribe and follow, help us with that. Leave a five-star review on Google. That's huge for small companies that have no ad budget. Uh, so whoever your local favorite guard center is, support them. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is, well, pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless. So we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden companion plants of February are peony, Calgary carpet juniper, lily of the valley, and pinion pines. Pinion pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine are deer and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.